Let us pray. God, our helper, show us your holy ways and teach us your paths. By your Holy Spirit, open our minds that we may be held in your truth and taught your will. Then may we praise you by listening to your word and by obeying it through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. This morning's Old Testament scripture comes from the book of Ezekiel chapter 34 verses 7 through 14. Listen for the word of the Lord. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, says the Lord God, because my sheep have become a prey and my sheep have become food for all the wild animals, since there was no shepherd, and because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, I am against the shepherds, and I will hold them accountable for my sheep and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths so that they may not be food for them. For thus says the Lord God, I myself will search for my sheep and will sort them out. As shepherds sort out their flocks when they are among scattered sheep, so I will sort out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places of which they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and bring them into their own land, and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the watercourses and in all the inhabited parts of the land. I will feed them with good pasture and the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture. They, there they shall lie down in good grazing land, and they shall feed on the rich pasture, pasture of the mountains of Israel. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I greet you on this Lord's Day and, and just uh, this Discipleship Sunday. It's so good to be here and to see everybody's smiling faces uh, today. It is wonderful to resume the 11 a.m. worship service and to see and hear the choir sing again in their angelic voices. Thank you so much. The gospel reading this morning comes from Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. Listen again for the word of the Lord. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you having a hundred Sheep and losing one of them does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. 
And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my lost sheep. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Oh God, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as your word is proclaimed, we may hear what you are saying to us today. Now let the words of your servant's mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, through Christ. Amen. The sermon title this morning is Rejoice Over One. Luke 15 has a trilogy of parables known as the heart of the third gospel the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the prodigal son, where God shows love and mercy for sinners. The parables oppose the attitudes and restrictiveness of the law that Jesus encountered by the Pharisees and scribes. As Jesus headed toward Jerusalem, he spoke with an urgency for the hearer to have a heart of compassion for sinners. Previously in chapter 14, Jesus was invited to eat with the leader of the Pharisees, and the sayings about taking the humble seat followed. In our text today, the Pharisees and scribes complained because Jesus was doing something unexpected and unimaginable, eating with tax collectors and sinners who were considered hopeless in their sin. Luke's narrative magnifies the draw of sinners to Jesus when the text says, now all, which represents the customary practice of Jesus attracting sinners at the aggravation of the religious elite. Today, we don't think of tax collectors as sinners, but then they were considered Roman sympathizers and broke the moral law because they collected more than necessary and pocketed the rest. Sinners who broke the purity laws and tax collectors were considered outsiders in God's mercy, and it was scandalous for Jesus to fellowship over a meal with them. Pastor Joanna preached about the cost of discipleship last Sunday and how we must give up all to follow Jesus. Jesus now challenges the theological presuppositions of who is in or out that must be given up. 
The Pharisees and scribes grumbled when Jesus showed divine hospitality. The word grumbled, or in the NIV, murmured, only occurs here and in the Zacchaeus story in chapter 19, verse 7 in the New Testament. The word grumble recalled the grumbling or the murmuring or complaining of the Israelites in the wilderness in Exodus 16 and 8, which reads, And Moses said, When the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and your fill of bread in the morning, because the Lord has heard the complaining that you utter against him, what are we? Your complaining is not against us, but against the Lord. Their grumbling revealed their ingratitude and their expression of faithlessness. In the Exodus, the grumbling was directed against God. Here, it is directed against Jesus. Jewish tradition instructed Jewish people not to associate with sinners. They did not believe that heaven would find joy in the hospitality or salvation of tax collectors or sinners. Rabbinic literature spoke of joy in heaven, joy when irritating people were conquered, the wicked crushed, and the godless condemned. Jonah burned with such joy in the destruction of Nineveh, and even God's mercy caused him to grieve. The Pharisees and the scribes would have experienced joy if Jesus had condemned the tax collectors and sinners like Jonah. But Jesus had something to say about the recovery and reconciliation of lost souls. He first uses a parable about a man who has a hundred sheep and after counting them realizes that one is lost in the wilderness. The wilderness, the wilderness is a place of danger from the outside elements and vicious prey. The Greek phrase, the lost, found three times in Luke and twice in Exodus 34, verse 4 and 6, also means to perish and associates with this parable to reveal God's search and rescue operation in Israel. The parable draws the Pharisees and the scribes out of their pious seats, not by a theological argument, but simply by life's experiences. Jesus draws each one in by saying, which one of you? He puts a metaphorical staff in their hands as a shepherd of 99 sheep against all things considered, the inconsequential one, who is lost. The parable in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verse 12, speaks of the 99 sheep, and not the sheep that was lost, but the one that went astray. Prudence might have been for the shepherd to cut his losses and to move on. To be lost in the wilderness implies a lost cause in the eyes of the world or perhaps even in the eyes of a shepherd. Ezekiel 34 also reminds us that every Israelite leader who functioned as a shepherd did not go and look for their sheep. But the Pharisees and scribes 
They knew a good shepherd does not calculate or strategize the cost of leaving the 99. He is concerned about the one and goes after it until he finds it. 1 Samuel chapter 17 verses 34 to 37 reveals that David did not count the cost of his life and fought lions and bears to rescue a sheep that faced imminent death. The parable reveals Christ's persistence in finding the one who is lost. A recovery is not about if we will be rescued, but when we will be rescued. Verse 5 reads, And when he found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. Brothers and sisters, when we are separated from God, Christ alone joyfully seeks to restore us and carry us back home. The second parable shares the same theme as the first. This time we find God's redemptive work not by a man, but by a woman who does something we all do on occasion, lose a coin from time to time. This peasant woman lost one of ten coins called a drachma, a silver coin, or one day's wages. For any of us, losing one day's paycheck is worth finding. I lost my wallet one evening when it fell beside my bed, but apparently stood upright on the inside part of my bedpost. The next morning, I looked and looked and looked for it, but I did not find it. I finally succumbed to the fact that my wallet, wherever it was, was lost. Of course, Joanna carefully searched behind me, scouring the area and using her cell phone camera light. And several days later, she found it in the most unusual position after I had already canceled and reordered my credit cards and ID. I was overjoyed to say the least at her persistence in finding what was so invaluable to me. Let me uh, paint a picture of a first century Palestinian home that the hearers would have appreciated. The houses were made of stone or mud brick, resulting in windowless or dark interiors. The floors were not made of wood, stone, or tile, or had carpet. So finding a coin on the earthen floor might seem almost impossible. But the woman carefully, or more accurately, painstakingly searches for the coin with no thought that it would eventually show up one day. She lights a lamp and leaves nothing unturned until she finds it. We do not know how long she looked for the coin, but it was priceless to her. The shepherd And the woman did the same thing after finding their cherished possessions. They called all their friends and neighbors to rejoice. Verse 7 and verse 10 are not a part of the parable, if you look back at the text. They are the point of them. Verse 7, just so I tell you, 
There will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. And verse 10, just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Brothers and sisters, joy characterizes God's celebration and the repentance of one sinner and the redemption of one who is lost. God still seeks us today, even in the complexity of our 21st century lives. And the parable poses this question to each one of us. Will we join in the celebration of the recovery of lost souls? But to celebrate with God, we must also celebrate and share in God's mercy. Who are the lost in our midst? Who is absent from the table God has prepared for us? God is calling us to reveal our commitment to Christ's grace for all people. We must have a heart of invitation in and out of our comfort zones that others might come to know Christ who found us. We must celebrate God's love in and out of our communities to show God's love and compassion for a broken world that is perishing all around us. Share the good news of Jesus at home, work and around town, and find ways to use our hands and feet to make a difference in people's lives today. Christ has given us something to say as children of God to those who are lost and without hope that needs to be heard. Of course, not everyone will respond to God's word, but we must let the Spirit do the work of bringing the increase. Every church would love to see a Pentecost response to their ministries where 3,000 people join the church, but God wants us to rejoice when just one turns to Christ. God has a way of using unsuspecting people to reveal the longing of Jesus to find the lost. In the parable, joy in heaven does not come from the religious elite, but from two unsuitable people that say something faithful about God. First, a shepherd was not highly esteemed and considered uncivilized, a thief and a trespassing hired hand. And second, comparing God to a woman in the first century was even more offensive, for a woman was considered weak. Of course, we know more than ever today, this is not the case. Women are strong. But God often uses unexpected people, including us, to reveal God's repentant love. And when Jesus seeks us, we will be found. If we are lost outside like sheep, Jesus will hear our cry. And if we are lost inside like the coin, 
He will illuminate the dark spaces in our lives where no one sees or hears us or knows about our struggles. And he will hold us secure in his arms. God values us and seeks to capture our hearts and minds wherever Jesus finds us. We ought to rejoice because he specializes in divine rescue. As ones who were lost and now found, we cannot be like the one who accidentally flushed away his class ring only for it to be found and returned to him 72 years later. In 1938, a man by the name of Jesse Taylor Matos graduated high school in Dunsmuir, California, and received a class ring that he soon lost in the toilet of the butcher shop where he worked. In 2011, Tony Kanji was doing maintenance on some sewer lines when he spotted a flash of gold in a bucket of debris. He fished out the ring, cleaned it off, saw class of 1938 and JTM written on it. And he puts on his detective hat. He went to Dunsmuir High School and found that Matos was the only 1938 graduate with those initials. He contacted a neighbor who graduated also in 1938. That neighbor happened to know Matos and gave Matos's number to Kanji, who showed up in person to return the ring. By that point, Matos was 90 years old, and upon receiving the ring, the man commented ever so slowly, doesn't sound like you've done too much maintenance in 72 years. Friends, Christ is calling us to mirror heaven's joy when we are found and when God rejoins the loss back into community. As the church, we have no time to grumble or murmur about who is not here or who has not come back, but to celebrate those who are here joyfully. Let us show radical hospitality when just one new person comes to fellowship with us or any other place. Connect in fellowship with old friends, that's fine, but make space for new ones who have heard Christ's voice. It is time to step out on faith and to be bold in the Spirit's transformative presence. Whether we know it or not, brothers and sisters, the good old days of Christian fellowship are right now. And we are called to participate in Christ's joy together today in finding and reconnecting with those who the Spirit has turned toward Christ. Jesus he already knew about the joy to come. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, Looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. When we live out Christ's mission, 
and join in God's mercy. The angels in heaven will be high-fiving each other when the lost are found and perhaps saying to themselves, it's about time. As we celebrate Discipleship Sunday, Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd, wants us to be like the shepherd who heard the voice of the one lost sheep and listen for the voice of the marginalized and lost in our midst. He also wants us to be like the determined woman who found the lost coin by shining Christ's light in us so that the lost might see and want to come taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Let us join in in Christ's grace and then there will be more joy in heaven and we along with the angels can rejoice over one who is saved. Amen.